Welcome back, everybody, to episode six of Rooftop Mobile. I'm Sean. I'm Travis. And what's the scuttlebutt this week, Travis? Scuttlebutt this week is actually pretty loaded. Yeah, we keep um, saying there's not going to be a lot of news, and there's but just then a whole there's bunch just a bunch of tiny little things that lead into a bunch of bigger yeah. discussions. Say discussions. Um, one of the first things we have right now, uh, so I'm sure everyone's seen it, John Krasinski yes. has been reportedly speaking with Marvel about being in a movie, working on a movie, just working with them in general yeah. uh, over the past several years, ever since Captain America. Yeah, he he's told that story a bunch of times on a talk shows where he auditioned for Captain America and he was feeling really good and he put the suit on. He was like, you know, this might be, I could do this maybe. Yeah. And Chris Hemsworth walks by all muscled up as Thor and he's like, hey man, how's it going? He's like, you know, I'm not gonna. This is stupid. And this was, this, I think this was before he got really jacked yeah. for 13 hours and then that Jack Ryan show. So, mm-hmm. but I, I think I really, so I'm going to say what everyone's thinking. I really want him to be Mr. Fantastic. I think that's Reed Richards. Yeah. It's so fitting for him and his personality yeah. and who he is. Yeah. And if they cast his wife, all the better. Yeah, that would totally work. Yeah. I mean, they worked really well in uh, a quiet place together. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them work together on anything else. I don't know I think if they that's have. the only thing they've worked on. Maybe. I haven't seen I, anything else. They were great in that though. Yeah, they uh, were really good. But that to me just speaks to mm-hmm. well, they would have good chemistry on screen because you know married yeah. right and if i think one of the earlier projects they wanted to work on at marvel was power pack which mm-hmm. is like a younger uh team of superheroes which i believe includes the mr fantastic and invisible woman's kids franklin richards and yes Kimmer, the other one uh, so i think they want to go in that family mm-hmm. oriented route which is it fits yeah it fits so well and the fantastic four is often referred to as marvel's first family mm-hmm. so that totally works mm-hmm. and that feeds into last week's rumor that they want joss whedon to direct yeah. it but maybe john krasinski's gonna direct it mm-hmm. or peyton reed has thrown his name in there like i'm gonna do it but they're all gonna try to grab this one because yeah. they know it's gonna be the next big thing for marvel yeah. i hope so because as we might discuss later the Fantastic Four does not have a great track record of films. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, this news actually came out when uh, John Krasinski, I guess it's like some good news, is like his YouTube channel oh, that he, he has. he does that cute little, hey, not everything's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And he was he was talking about um, just like, you know, Marvel and their movies and stuff. And he was like, yeah, maybe I'd work on something with him in the future. And then he did his classic gym oh, face. Oh, the gym face into the camera. And then... He just kind of moved on. It That's was like beautiful. you're you're doing that. that on purpose. They they have Marvel has a great track record of picking people to be in movies that general audiences really like. Yeah, and for the most part, have a good track record outside of the movies. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be a big get just because he's such he's kind of a big draw at this point. Yeah, either from being Jim or that jack ryan show which i've never seen but apparently is really good yeah. or a quiet place or you know he, he's shown that he's got talent in pretty much all departments in terms of like movie making yeah uh i thought it was cool because people were saying they also want him to direct movies like yeah. maybe that's why they're calling him in to direct yeah. a movie and i was like i don't know if i want him to direct something for marvel well, i want to see him that kind of fits marvel's uh strategy of picking up these kind of smaller directors mm-hmm who have maybe done one or two kind of small indie films and then thrusting them into a big franchise Mm -hmm. because a quiet place while it was well received and had a pretty, I think decent budget. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a big 
studio property beforehand. Yeah. So, and I think they they did that with the guy who did the new Spider-Man movies, John something i want to say the king john smith is not it at all <laughs> the most regular man ever john smith <laughs> spider-man but you know the russos they were kind of indie comic comedic directors and then taika watiti mm-hmm. so and james gunn a lot of their directors fit that mold of we'll do it you'll do a smaller thing prove you have a type of vision and then we'll we'll take care of everything else you just do your thing right so i could see it working out like that but yeah if he doesn't direct it, but they get someone like a Peyton Reed, I would be okay with that because at this point I trust Marvel. And yeah. I think the franchise of the Fantastic Four has gone through enough that they'll look back and go, okay, we're not going to make the same mistakes mm-hmm. a fourth time in a row. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I think it's insane. I, I think this movie is going to be one of the biggest releases for Marvel in the next 10 years. See. <sighs> but then again, because I feel like they're running low on like i guess forefront type characters yeah and the fantastic four to me does not scream popular no like they're pretty well known but maybe maybe it'll be a case where where kind of iron man was a b b or c list character but now he's marvel's most prominent character but yeah you never know um next on the list we have uh James Gunn confirms there will be a death in Guardians 3. Mm. This was news. This is actually news a while back. He had mentioned, and it's kind of been resurfaced here lately. It's yeah. been talked about online. Um, who do you think it's going to be? I want to say Rocket. It's got to be Rocket, I right? want to say Rocket, because he also mentioned that Rocket's going to be the main focus of 3. It's, it's uh, gonna they're going to explore his, his origin story, story a lot. Yeah. So I can't wait to have james gunn make me cry from another cgi character yeah because <laughs> groot in the first movie and then not really yondu it was sad but it not was, cgi yeah but i didn't cry but every time rocket tears up in one of those movies i'm right there with him yeah because like, oh, <laughs> that cgi is so good he's he's grown to be one of my favorite characters in the guardians movies i think he kind of coincides with iron man you know robert downey jr's iron man yeah where his arc is a lot about redemption in terms of like yeah being a good person because he's kind of a snarky little shit yeah and then he's like oh he's he's got a little heart of gold yeah and that cgi first (laughs) i always forget that bradley cooper voices him he sounds so weird i know there's one specific uh instance where like you could tell it was bradley cooper and it was an end game um when they're trying to get the what, what stone is they trying to get the red one. Oh, i think that's reality reality yeah i think they're, they're trying to get it like in thor's past or whatever oh. and he's talking to thor and i'm like bradley cooper you can do better than this yeah <laughs> i think he said he based on like joe pesci's voice or something i can see that which makes sense yeah so uh next up we have <clears throat> excuse me we have batman pushed to october 1st 2021 okay blessing in disguise yeah i feel like batman just fits the October release. Yeah. I, I, I want them to get into a rhythm where they, the villain and the plot coincides with the season they release it. Mm-hmm. If you release a man bat centric Batman movie in October, oh, the marketing you can do. Oh, yeah. And then you do maybe in the next year or two years down the line, you do a Mr. Freeze in December. Mm-hmm. It kind of blows me away that not more studios do this. I think they try and offload uh they do try and release stuff to, like the in a season that relates to like a lot of horror movies obviously come out in october but then they also look at stuff like school schedules for mm-hmm. kids 
because superhero movies a big draw is kids yeah and their parents taking them so it there's a lot of factors that determine and also what other movies that certain studio has coming out around then yeah and what other studios having come out around then so i would have to we would have to look and see what other movies are yeah i I just feel like again the marketing side of things yeah that i would i feel like i would be 10 times more hyped to go see a batman movie if they did the man bat thing in october and they promoted it as a halloween movie something about that i think just draws the eye and it's a lot more stylistic in terms of yeah what your movie may look like on screen and then one of the producers or someone said that that release fits the tone of the movie more long halloween there's a famous batman story called the long halloween which is centered around holidays yeah so uh and that story takes a whole year Mm -hmm. it takes place over a whole year so at whether it's just a straight-up adaptation of that or it's just they've kind of adapted it because even the dark knight is sort of a long halloween adaptation Mm -hmm. for bits of it so i don't know it's pretty okay news either way yeah um, I know a lot of people are bothered by it, but I don't want them to rush production on this movie. Oh, yeah. To me, it's a big deal. We haven't had like a solo standalone Batman movie since Batman Begins. I say Batman Begins, but Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Uh, Which, if you're not aware, is running on, I think, TBS every two to three hours. <laughs> so, they just have every Batman movie on a loop <laughs> continuously. I, um, I, want them, I want them to take their time with this. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have a quite a few changes to uh, these movie dates. Yes. Uh, first off, the Flash movie was moved up to June 3rd, 2022. Okay. Shazam 2 is pushed back to November 4th, 2022. Okay. And that's actually pretty much it. I thought okay. I had three, but I have two. Oh. That's still... Is, yeah. Once again, as release dates that are closer to now shift back more, mm-hmm. the ones that are farther away also have to shift back. So it's dominoes, essentially, but... Yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious about the Flash movie being moved up to June 3rd. That is just that, that movie is just in so much limbo it's not even funny I, it can go right in that the category with new mutants where yeah it's been pushed a number of times <laughs> they've lost i can't count how many directors mm. who knows they might be out of a star it's we we will see yeah. i guess I, i'm i'm way past all that yeah I'm, again i want something fresh i like what they did with i know we keep referencing it robert robert pattinson's batman yeah. I like the fact that it's different. It's separate from whatever yeah. DCEU continuity they want to make. It's original. It feels like it can stand on its own. Yeah. And I think, the, well, the rumor is that they're going to use the Flash movie to do Flashpoint. Yeah. And then kind of loosely connect all the new stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like they don't need to, though. I no. feel like they could just reboot it and not say anything in continuity. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to do something like that. But it makes things stale. Yeah, because it, it, you say it's rebooted, but then you have the same actors and you associate that with all the baggage that are the older movies. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like they could just skip over it and not. What about uh, Shazam 2? I'm excited for Shazam 2. Shazam yeah. was kind of a, not sleeper hit, but it was, it it was a, a pretty decent amount of money. Yeah, for, especially for the budget. So, I'm I'm very excited. For I it. like Zachary Levi in that role. He yes. fits it very well. Yes. Um, big kid. He he's so invested in the character too. Yeah. Like he'll post stuff online, like with Shazam action figures and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. you really are like so perfect yeah. for this role. Um, so there's a couple things that you added in. Yes. And what was that? Uh, the the second to last one, 
or item, I guess, is Venom. The Venom sequel has a title. It is Venom subtitled Let There Be Carnage. So you clearly don't like the title. No, it sucks. It's a bad title. Um, It's weird because it falls into the trap of putting too many words in a title. Like, I don't understand why studios, especially what, so the most, one of the biggest runs of Venom is Venom Maximum Carnage. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't just use that and it's a very carnage centric story mm-hmm. which venom 2 is uh so i don't i don't I bad title change it change it again i don't trust sony with anything no. and it's unfortunate that they have one of our uh one of our most beloved characters held hostage right now <laughs> yeah I say, I say held hostage they're doing a good job at sharing but i would like to see them do better yeah and uh, it's so weird just I don't, I don't know. Just make it a better title. Has yeah. Birds of Prey taught us nothing? Do we? Can, can we both say it and like see if we both remember the the first title before they change it to just Birds, Birds of Prey? Okay. One, One two, two, three. three. Harley. Qu- oh, it's Birds. Of- <laughs> <laughs> it is Birds. Of- you don't even remember it. It's fifteen <laughs> words long. No one can remember it. It's Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous em- Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Warner Brothers. Uh, stop you can't fit that on the billboard yeah so just call it harley quinn birds of prey put harley quinn up front people know who that is because for some reason suicide squad was a success so just lead with that and then subtitle birds of prey especially considering i haven't seen it but i've heard they're really not in the movie that much like they're not the main focus harley quinn is the main focus yeah which fair enough i like margot robbie's harley quinn i like that version of that character just have the title reflect the movie and not be a paragraph long. Yeah. It's whatever. But that's a bad title for Venom. I, well, because when, uh, I forget, it was an interview I saw, say, it saw or heard. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. But they, they were like, oh, yeah, it's like about Harley Quinn looking for emancipation after her whole thing with Joker. And I'm yeah. like, okay, so you have to name it emancipation or just say Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. You know, it's good enough. Um. Something else I wanted to discuss. Uh, I say I want to discuss. No, you put this on here. Yeah. It was uh, Mandalorian Season 3. Yes, it has already begun. I, I assume pre-production, since most actual productions are suspended for the moment. Uh, cool. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we, don't know, we don't know really anything about Season 2 at this point, other mm-hmm. than maybe Ahsoka Tano showing up, played yeah. by Rosario Dawson. Maybe more mandalorian culture stuff that's the stuff i want to see yeah. i want to see a lot more mandalorian lore uh i want to see pedro pascal's face a little bit more honestly <laughs> i know that's like a a big thing but nah you, t- you <laughs> take, take the helmet off sparingly it's got to be a judge dread situation you got to keep that helmet on for as much as possible especially those people shooting at you yeah but no i i'm excited for it have you have you seen the uh the set photo where it's like everyone in their stormtrooper outfits with the, the helmets off, and yeah. it's just Pedro Pascal with the helmet on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it, I like to imagine that he was just really insecure about it. The, the really insecure Mandalorian. <laughs> Timid Mandalorian. <laughs> Timid Mando. Well, you take that helmet off, you get real bad helmet hair. Yeah. So you might as well keep it on. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you had one, which was the female-led Star Wars show on Disney+. Plus. I haven't heard anything about that. So I can't remember if it's... I think it's confirmed... There's another Star Wars series 
there's a bunch of them in the works, like the Rogue One spinoff with Cassian Andor, mm-hmm. there's the Obi-Wan show, uh, and then there's this new one, which is a female-led series, which I read is set in a new time period, mm-hmm. and at the moment there's a book, and I think comic series <laughs> coinciding together that's can't remember the exact title but it's the golden age of the republic mm-hmm. which is kind of a it's like hundreds or thousands of years before the movies yeah so and a lot of people are very excited for that and there's also a secret video game project in the works and star wars has done this before in the 90s they had this thing called shadows of the empire mm-hmm. and it was a multimedia storytelling uh, campaign where they had novels there were comic books, there was movies, mm-hmm. not movies, video games, uh, there was action figures. So I think maybe they're trying to do that again. I don't think I would like that. I'm in. I, I think when you look at your consumer, because I know they treat consumers like they're dumb, but I feel like for most companies, you're like, we're just going to direct this one line of media, another one line of media, and then another one line of media. I know they're working on um, the sequel, well, not sequel, but I guess like another game, like uh the fallen order i know yeah fallen order is getting a sequel uh but the, this is like a different studio it's mm-hmm. not uh respawn. EA. no well i it would be ea still but it's not uh respawn Entertainment. okay so but i think it would I, will, I think disney has realized their folly in because uh, when they acquired the license to star wars they it said, oh, all that other stuff that we haven't put out that mm-hmm. aren't the movies didn't happen. And that's decades of lore and books and video games and comics. And I didn't really care because eh, that stuff's cool, but I didn't. It's not like a foundation of my childhood. Yeah. And, you know, I like it, but I was like, man, that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not cool. But now it seems they're adding bits and pieces from the old canon into the new canon. Right. And then they're going to expand the canon with this stuff as well. I think Star Wars fans are some of those consumers that will buy every single different piece of media, whether it's the video game or the book or the whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it could work. Depends on if it's good. Mm -hmm. I'll, you know, I'm not a big Star Wars book or comic guy, but if they're good... I'll read them. Yeah. And if the series is good, I'll watch it. Right. And if the video game's good, I'll buy it and play it. So but to me, it doesn't matter what kind of canon they try to arrange. Yeah. Cause I've never been big into star Wars, yeah. but I, I really like fallen order. I mean, yeah. I bought a whole bunch of merch from fallen order in terms of like their, you know, all the stuff from the game, but I don't know. It's never been a huge priority of mine to make sure I'm caught up on star Wars stuff. Yeah. I feel like as we grew up and the older we got, it went from being kind of nerdy and like dorky to like, mainstream media yeah and i just kind of left it alone yeah it's one of those where it seems like a license to print money because there's so many genres that envelop star wars Mm -hmm. because it's kind of science fiction but mostly fantasy just set in space where it's a spaghetti western or it's knights or it's samurai or whatever so i feel like it suits a lot of different mediums that way where Mm -hmm. The a show like The Mandalorian, very spaghetti western, kind right. of the old west bounty hunter, but the movies follow the knights and honor mm. and the light and the dark side. Yeah. So it just it, I think it'll work if if that is even what they're doing. Mm-hmm. The show and the books and stuff in the game might not even be related. I think with Mandalorian, they kind of found out they were able to do that. 
I think they said we need something that kind of looks at adults that grew up on Star Wars and go, hey, this is for you. Yeah. Even though it's not R-rated or anything, I would say it's maybe PG-13. When I think of spaghetti westerns, I think of stuff like my dad watched when he was a kid. He loves western movies. He watched one the other night, but that just goes to show, like, I showed him Mandalorian. He was like, this is actually really cool. I like the western feel. And I said, that's the whole thing. Because it's man with no name in space. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. So Star Wars just fits so many different genres. You can... I think it's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, this is also you. Uh, you wrote down Snowpiercer. Yes. There was a trailer for a new show. I can't remember which network. Probably some crap like Fox or NBC or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe CBS. I think it might be CBS. Uh, that is a Snowpiercer uh, TV show. I forgot how to talk for a sec. <laughs> uh, but Snowpiercer was, I believe, a French comic. Mm-hmm. And then it was adapted uh, into a movie by the guy who directed Parasite. Is it Bon Joon Ho? Is that his name? I think so. Might have to if edit this if, out. Yeah, if we're not careful, we're going to say I apologize. I don't know what your name is or how to pronounce it. I think you have it right. I think I do. If not, I'll edit it out. But the movie's really good it's yeah. on netflix or it has been on netflix for years it might have gone off it stars chris evans and octavia spencer and i won't spoil other people but mm-hmm. it's great it's basically global warming has kind of hit its peak the earth has frozen over and the only remnants of humanity is on this train that circles the globe and never stops because if you stop you die you're yeah. only safe in the train essentially yeah but the cars on the train are divided into classes. So the back of the train is very poor, lower class, kind of. Like, it, they essentially ghettoize the train cars. Mm-hmm. And so it just, but, and then there's a revolt. And yeah, if you, the, the movie's great. Watch the movie. I, I want to watch the movie mainly because I do like Chris Evans. He's and, great. In it. And I, I think it's a really cool concept. My biggest thing is I don't like shows that evolve from movies like like they use the same title yeah i think that's kind of lazy yeah i think it's poor writing and i think sometimes you're writing off the back of something that was well respected and then downgrading it into something a lot yeah less important and i don't know if the show is based more on the movie than the comic book but mm-hmm. i've not read the comic book so i could not tell you yeah but because the way the movie goes <laughs> i don't want to spoil it but if you watch the movie you're like okay, how are they going to turn this into a multi-season show? Because I don't think it's a limited yeah. series or anything. Right. I think it's like a show they want to go on for seasons. And you watch the movie and you're like, okay, if this is based on the movie and they're adapting that story for long form of television. Yeah. How are you going to do that? Because you're very restricted because it's all set on a train car. Right. But I don't know. I, I, ho- I hope it's good. It looks like it has some good people. I want it. it to be good. I just, I'm skeptical. Yeah. Not that I've seen anything based off of it, but yeah. Uh, On to our main topic. We want to talk about our least favorite or objectively bad 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 comic comic book movies. movies. I I say objectively because some people love these movies. Some people hate these movies. Well, I'll get this out of the way up top. A lot of these movies, a lot of bad comic book movies have, there's a pro and a cons list. Yeah. It's just the bad ones have far more cons than pros. Yep. So if we talk about we're probably only gonna talk about three but if we talk about a movie and it's your favorite movie great good for you yeah but you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> just right up it's front. Cool you like it but you're wrong 
the movie you love sucks. So you're just going to have to get over it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Off to a good start. Um, I want to go ahead and bring up one of the bigger ones here because we both share a very large hatred for this movie. Yes. Justice League. Shut up, Snyder fans. This one is difficult to talk about because, once again, as we said up top, a lot of pros, a lot of cons. So many cons. I'm going to go ahead and give it a couple pros first before we, we start ripping it apart. We should do compliment sandwich. Where, like, one of us, it's like compliment, bad thing, compliment. Yeah. I could work with that. Yeah. My biggest thing was that I appreciated about it. The characterization of Flash. I don't like his suit that much, but I like how Ezra Miller acted. Yes. I like how he personified Barry a Allen. Big pro for most of the DC movies is casting. Yeah. I think Jason Momoa fits Aquaman really well. Mm. The little bit they give Ray Fisher to do a cyborg mm -hmm. works really well. Yep. Ezra Miller is the Flash. Really good in that movie. Ben Affleck is Batman. Good in other movies is Batman. <laughs> He sit in this movie as whoever he was I supposed think, to be. I think by the time Justice League rolled around, he was just kind of done. Yeah, he saw the reaction of Batman v Superman and went, "Oh, I got to get out of here." Yeah, my one of my favorite favorite scenes from Justice League is when he is like on the ground and he leans up and he goes, "Something's definitely bleeding." Oh my god! <laughs> um, you had him say that for real, and you went. This, this is a Batman line. Joss Whedon went, cut, that's great, Ben. And then in the suit, he lights up a cigarette. And he's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Can I go? He's drunk the whole scene. The, whole, <laughs> the entirety of the reshoots. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, that's that's the other big thing as to why this movie is bad is the reshoots. Obviously, the tragic story of Zack Snyder and his daughter. And mm -hmm. I don't blame Zack Snyder for the way this movie turned out. I really don't even blame Joss Whedon. I blame Warner Brothers. I blame Warner Brothers for not delaying production and putting faith in Zack Snyder to, whether his vision was good or not, finishing it out. Yeah. And there's really not much else. I just don't know why they didn't. Because theoretically speaking, we talked about this last time. Let's say there is a Snyder cut. Yes. If there is, what was the reason for them not wanting to use all of the footage he had? I think the biggest reason is the backlash to Batman and Superman. And but, they didn't want those characters soiled the way they had been in that movie any further. But the thing is, you do that, you satisfy no one. Yeah. You give us this watered-down, reshot, CGI garbage can of a movie. Mm -hmm. And and a studio no, no one likes that. A studio exec doesn't think about tone either. Like, you can't... If you're trying to connect a universe there... And you start out with a serious, very grounded tone for the first couple of movies. And then you go into this third one. So I'm thinking Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and the Justice League. When you go into Justice League, you can't just all of a sudden fantasize this world. You have to stick with the grounded tone that you set for yourself. It's just a hard left turn into goofiness. Yeah. Going from BBS mm -hmm. to Justice League. Well, I know Suicide Squad kind of fills in that gap but also not really because that's another example it felt of... so different it wasn't fair you know what i mean well you look at the first trailers for suicide squad and it fits that tone of dark gritty realistic mm -hmm. we're bad guys and then that queen trailer came out and it shifts right there yeah and suddenly that movie was changed forever they and had they tried to do the same thing for justice League. It sounds like they had marketing issues not just tone like obviously the movies well, they, were not too the, hot but the trailer house that cut together that queen trailer 
they used most of that movie was cut together by them as well they had them edit the movie they took david ayer's cut the trailer house cut and they meshed them together similar to the Zack snyder and joss whedon scenes in justice league mm-hmm. it's just an inconsistent tone and yeah. you can tell which shots are whose scene to scene storylines kind of peter out and don't really pay off specifically yeah. superman turning evil and even though that's kind of the best scene in the movie where he comes back and yeah. he has that little fight with the justice league and he looks at flash that one way oh yeah that's the best and scene flash in the whole like, movie why can he see me yeah <laughs> that's a great scene yeah but they should have taken it they they could have nailed it had they just left everybody alone and let barry allen be the only comedic relief because yes with a movie like that you have that one feat of comedy like just sprinkle it in here and there would have been perfect and i really think Zack snyder could have done that well but and there's jokes in batman v superman and man of steel yeah that sometimes are like alfred is a good he's always a good kind of comic relief character yeah in the batman movies which whichever ones but there's a little little bit little bit of that in batman v superman but then justice justice league is just a mess and you can't blame it on one person batman versus superman had the uh, best joke where both of their mom's names were martha oh my god that was the best joke that's such a good setup <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> We can rip on that one another day. Yeah. Um, but for Justice League, it's bad for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And you can't put it all on one person. Yeah. But um the other movie we had lined up was Amazing Spider Man Two. So I don't know where to start. <laughs> uh the production let me just say this. Design and the way things looked oh, perfect. Nailed it. Yeah. It looked aside from Green Goblin, everything looked great. Yeah. My favorite design choice is when Jamie Foxx gets his electro powers, the gap in his teeth goes away. It does? Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite bit of character development right there. Because that's did, about did the it only... just, like, shake him? <laughs> I guess. He had, like, electric braces or something. Oh, man. I I didn't like how they had uh, Jamie Foxx's character at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I didn't like him at the end of the movie. I, I didn't like him in the middle of the movie. I like that weird scene where he he gives himself a cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what is that? It was very Joker. <laughs> no, it was very Jim Carrey Riddler. Is exactly what that was. Where he's just kind of a manic weirdo who talks to himself all the time. And it's supposed to be sympathetic, but it's just It's weird. It's just it's weird. It's just weird and badly written. It's um it's the way it was filmed, you know? Yeah, well that's the other thing too, is they filmed just so much stuff like there's a whole abandoned storyline about his father is alive have you seen that deleted scene uh yeah arguably i wanted that i know that sounds crazy because that's more interesting that's based off of a comic run i guess they would have done in the third movie along with sinister sticks which at that point you're stuffing a whole lot in yeah but you talk about the end credit scene where like his dad is behind yeah he he's like at his parents or i guess probably gwen Gwen stacy's grave and his dad just kind of rocks up and is like i'm back yeah I would honestly, I would have been okay with that because the storyline goes is like the parents died in a plane crash and everything. Same thing in the comics, except aren't they like the par- shield agents or spies? When, or? Well, they say they're shield agents, and when they come back, they're actually like these robot. Like, oh, uh, the is it the chameleon pretends to be somebody? Uh, that's one of them, and then like there's another run where they are like uh, some like cyborg robots yeah. being controlled by someone else. I yeah. didn't, I don't remember the whole story, but I know they weren't like his actual mm-hmm. parents, which honestly. That tie-in with Sinister Sticks, where it's like, you're not my dad, who are you? And like the whole movie is him trying to figure out who who did this. Yeah. Would well, be really cool. That movie 
and Andrew Garfield's talked about it, how the character is sacrificed for the sake of what he calls a story, but really it's just a setup for other movies. Yeah. They There is literally a scene where that mysterious guy in the hat, who we never know who it is, yeah. he walks by all the stuff in like the Oscorp basement, and it's all, well, there's Doc Ock's arms, there's the <laughs> Vulture's backpack, there's kind of a symbiote that was in the trailer, but then cut from the actual movie. Yeah. There's like a scorpion tail over there. There's a fishbowl on that shelf. <laughs> the the post credit scene is that guy walking through the the like display cases and he goes, "He's gonna be bad. That it's, guy's bad. <laughs> that guy's bad." It's like when Wonder Woman emails Batman and he <laughs> he opens the email attachments in the order the movies were set to come out before they all got canceled. That's exactly what that's and like. Then, and then like they already have their superhero names, even though yeah, Lex Luthor's never... graphic design department gave them all their logos <laughs> and names. Oh my god! How convenient. Yeah, that movie has so many problems. My my biggest problem, I think, uh, had to have been the last fight scene because it was so convoluted and oh my god, there was no specific focus. You had a dub step, dub step, monster. Jamie Foxx did what he could with the role. The itsy bitsy spider via Skrillex or whatever. Yeah. What is that? I don't, yeah. What is, I don't know. (laughs) I have no answers. Um, I I will say a few redeeming factors in the movie. Andrew Garfield right off the bat. Andrew Garfield is great as Spider-Man. He got screwed. Yeah. He got screwed. The uh, the suit design. I really like the suit design. I know a lot of people didn't like like the puff, uh, puff pen type webbing on the outfit. I think that suit looks great. A lot of people didn't like it. I think all the live action Spider-Man suits obviously excluding the ones from the 70s or whatever yeah they lend themselves to something positive in some yeah, way or another they all have they all look pretty good for the most part yeah uh even though some people don't really like the one in the first amazing spider-man i wasn't too hot on it and then i watched the movie i was like i get why you it fits that. yeah it fits but the second one is up until the homecoming mm-hmm. uh tom holland suit that was probably the best live action yeah. closest adaptation suit we've we'd gotten but right the chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. So good. I think they were dating at the time. They were which... actually having just sex on set. Yeah. So. <laughs> the, the first AD was like, uh, guys, we said cut 20 minutes ago. It's, they just, get out of here, get out of here. <laughs> the set's empty and they're yeah. both just there. <laughs> oh um, another redeeming thing. I, I really did like the story arc with Gwen Stacy. Again, like you just said, they have really good chemistry. Yeah. Uh, it just... I love the design for uh, Electro I, because it, it was cool. it was unconventional. You know what yeah. I mean? It was something different. And I was like, ah, it doesn't look like the comic book suit, but I get it. It kind of looks like the Ultimate version. The yeah. Ultimate's kind of, he's just kind of in a black kind of, not, it's almost like a dress suit, but no tie or anything. Mm-hmm. He's got kind of a lightning bolt cut into his collar and he's just a bald guy. Yeah. So it kind of was reminiscent of that one. I'm still waiting. Look. They pulled Mysterio off in live action. They did so well. I'm still <laughs> waiting for live action Electro with the big dumb lightning bolt mask. I don't know. I don't think it's possible. I want it or I don't watch it. Oh, well, then again, there was a point where I didn't think Mysterio was possible. You see, you, but everyone made fun of Mysterio and Black Manta. <laughs> they made it look cool. Because they have big fishbowls for helmets. But then those movies came out. And one I, of I them think it's harder to do that lightning bolt off the front of the no, mask. Though. It'll be real bad. Don't do I it. I think if they do it, I, I think if they do it, um, it would be like, instead of off the front, it would be coming off the back somehow. Almost like yeah. some weird like dreadlock looking thing. Or they'll do it. I 
think in Spider-Man PS4, he's got the scar. He's got kind of lightning, yeah, scars from lightning in that shape. Mm -hmm. That suit, the character designs in that game are good. Yeah. So I think they look at that a lot as a reference and be mm -hmm. like, okay, we can, we can, we can, we can steal, steal that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, Amazing Spider-Man 2, it just comes to, well, there's, I don't even, you're, I don't know where to begin. We began and then I got lost in how bad that movie is. Well, let's keep in mind, I, I think it's one of those movies, because when it first came out, I loved it. And then I watched it a lot. And I was like, this kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to make the decision to be like, I just don't like most of the things about this movie. Yeah. Art direction, fine. Everything else. Pfft. Yeah. Art direction, except for Paul Giamatti as the rhino. That is bad. That looks so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to talk about the ending of this movie. Oh, please. Okay. Because he's, he's yelling from this CGI trash can. He's got no pants at on. At this kid. Mm -hmm. and, and for about five minutes you're like ah oh, he's okay with killing kids they're watch, gonna do it i would watch two hours of that it's <laughs> him in that suit no pants spider-man has stolen his pants again but not taken him to jail and oh, he's man. just yelling at passers-by most of which are children because he's outside of an elementary school what well, i just want to know like there should have been someone in the movie that realized the kid was out there and went nah just crop him out with cgi yeah <laughs> yeah well that kid story, uh, it's not even a storyline, but... The the five minutes worth of storyline for that kid? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what was the... I guess it's to show that Spider-Man's a, a good guy. He, he's like an inspirational figure and like people need him. But... Uh, I don't know. It just... That movie lends itself to so many good things and it all falls apart so quickly. Yeah. But... It's just a result of Sony wanting to have their own shared universe of movies. Because mm -hmm. there was that email hack kind of shortly after this movie came out where they were like, yeah, we're going to do a sexy young Aunt May spinoff and she's a spy. That was a real thing. And we can't uh, pretend it wasn't. I I know we're getting heavy on Spider-Man talk here. We still have one more movie to get to. But I wanted to discuss um, they're doing Madam Web, I guess. Yeah. I would like for them to use her in a way to connect the Sony universe to the Marvel universe. But personally, for my choice, neither one of those would be touching each other at all. Yeah. I th I, I don't know why, if they do have plans to connect them, I don't know why they wouldn't just use a Doctor Strange or... Because, mm -hmm. I mean, they're already in the same universe. Use Doctor Strange as like a Flashpoint movie. Pretty much. You know? Or just kind of have... The universe is combined or something. Because famously at the end of the Morbius trailer, everyone's favorite movie, oh, Morbius, yeah. Yeah, uh, everyone loves it. the vulture from Homecoming yeah. is already in the Sony-verse. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the point of Madam Web would be. Maybe the lead-in to a live-action Spider-Verse? I guess, which would be fine. Like, she has to get them together and be like, this is what's happening, take care of it. Yeah, there's a great episode of that Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s where that's the yes, plot i remember that yeah it's great but i don't know if i trust sony to pull that off without marvel kind of being what do you, what are you doing over there, i would sony? i would want marvel to have art direction over it because i want her design to look like marvel like the, the best mix between sony and marvel you can get yeah and then it make it evident not only in her appearance but in her behavior that she is the connecting force between these two universes yeah that'd be cool yeah uh our third movie is gonna be fantastic four now now which one okay so because they're all <laughs> terrible 
Uh, I want to talk about the 2005 one because I did myself a favor and I never saw the 2015 version. Really? Um, I saw the trailers. I was really excited about it. And then I saw a bunch of reviews for it that were like, this movie sucks. It sucks. And I went, I'm not going to waste my money on yeah. it. I'm not going to give them any of my money. I saw it in theaters opening night. What did you think? It's, <laughs> so it's another one that's had a lot of production issues and the mm-hmm. director and Miles Teller supposedly got into a fist fight and the house the director was renting was he trashed it or the studio just kept changing things and interfering mm-hmm. uh you can tell in scenes uh kate mara who plays sue storm invisible woman her wig changes scene to scene because of so many reshoots Ooh. they cut out the fantastic car uh there's footage of it on set like they're all there in costume not the movie um (laughs) like let's talk about the doctor okay so we weren't gonna get in this movie because we did 2005 but i want i want to talk about so the the first of all he was originally called victor domashev because they thought von doom was too on the nose so you mean the character's name well yeah so the scene where he's kind of introduced is uh they're reading off his kind of i guess um profile or whatever (laughs) and it's so clearly they've gone back and uh because you see it written on the page, but the shot is just the guy holding the page. Yeah. And they've clearly ADR'd him going, Victor Von Doom? Who's that? Because you don't see anybody say it. It's like someone oh, says it no. not in the shot. <laughs> so they've clearly they've clearly gone back and changed it after the fact. And then there's a scene where, because they're all kind of buddies, and famously they're all buddies. Well, not famous. First of all, they've never gotten Doom's origin story accurate in the movies. Yeah. He his origin is not tied to the Fantastic Four, almost ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this one, they're all buddy buddies, like in the original movies, and they're working on a science science experiment together. But he's kind of dark and brooding, and Kate Mara calls him, "Oh my God, look at Doctor Doom over here! Like, why are you uh, so you doom and gloom? Where where's that at? What like what point in the movie is that located? Um, Very beginning? No, it's probably halfway through. Here's the other thing." Uh, there's maybe three locations in this movie. They're what? They're in the Baxter Building. Okay. Um. Yeah. They get separated. Uh. They're Mr. Fantastic is living in this kind of shack in the woods somewhere, and then they go and find him again, and then they're back in this kind of military facility, and then they're in the uh. The negative dimension. What's that dimension called? Yeah, negative so, dimension. Negative zone. Yeah, whatever dimension. Zone. Uh, and then they're back in the military facility, and then the movie's over. You go outside a total of two times in a two and a half hour film, two hour film. You know, what movie probably did that. New Mutants, because it's supposed to be a horror movie about them being yeah. trapped in this place. So hey, make it a horror yeah. movie. <laughs> and there's a lot of good ideas. There's a lot of. There's a scene that's very body horror where mm-hmm. they first get their powers and Michael B. Jordan is like, why am I on fire? And he's like freaking out mm-hmm. and Reed is stretched out on this table and he's like, it looks I saw gross. that. I saw it that. Looks, it's, it, it's a good scene. Mm-hmm. The rest of the movie. It's just boring. The, the worst thing heard. about it is it's just boring. Mm-hmm. And the characters what? don't have chemistry. It's upsetting to me because I haven't seen a lot of 
the movie was directed by Josh Trank. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that because I love the movie he made called Chronicle. Yeah, Chronicle's great. One of my most beloved movies. If you ask me what one of my favorite movies are, that's going to be on the top like five. I'll ask you. There'll be a test at the end of the podcast. I'll ask you. You what? What's up? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, and I, I really wanted him to make this movie good because I was like, oh, you did this realistic movie with these guys who just so happened to have these powers that they didn't want in the first place they realize how intense it is just translate that over and he didn't do that at all He's, and you said the director got in a fight with in a fight with miles yeah teller? there was a rumor that him and miles teller got in a fist fight on set a disagreement over something but he josh trank has he has famously kind of been outspoken about this movie and his experience on it and uh he he tweeted i think when the movie released he was he said you know two years ago i had a version of this film that would have been amazing but uh fox didn't want to go that route and Mm -hmm. so and then he he didn't watch it for years and then he went and reviewed it he said honestly it's not as bad as i thought it would have been but it's still nowhere close to what i wanted yeah but uh yeah there's 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 so many things wrong with that movie and uh doom was supposed to be a herald of galactus that's why he looks like Kinda that like, like silver surfer he, he almost does have like a gross silver surfer he looks like meth head silver surfer with a trash bag <laughs> Two green eyes yeah so it's it's just a bunch of weird choices that were then changed again that just result in a really boring poorly put together movie we say this just about every podcast let the creators create and yeah. let the execs be executive yeah be you separate. hire someone to make a specific movie and they get halfway through or 25 whatever don't don't start changing yeah, stuff you can't yes yeah that movie uh, puts a bad taste in my mouth the one we were going to talk about which now doesn't seem anywhere as bad as the 2015 version was it 2015 or 2014 i want to make sure we have it 15 okay yeah fan four stick yeah fan four. what a great title yeah um we were going to talk about the 2005 version. Yes. Which, okay, for its time period, sure. It's definitely more entertaining than <laughs> the 2015 one. Which is, that's a that's a big gap. Yeah. You have to do better. Yeah. You have to do better. And I think better. the sequel to that one was received a lot better than the first one. The Silver Rise uh, of the Silver Surfer. I remember it being pretty well received. I didn't really pay attention to that one. Yeah. I think it's a bit better from, I haven't watched these in years, but I think it's a bit better. I, I like to imagine that Marvel Studios draws a lot of their inspiration from that generation of heroes. Well, because... Kevin, Kevin Feige, who kind of runs Marvel mm-hmm. now, at least the movie side, he had been a producer on almost all the, he was a producer yeah. on the original Spider-Man movies, probably on the Fantastic Four and some of the X-Men stuff. So he's, been through all that so he knows mm-hmm. what works and what doesn't right so i think that's part of the reason marvel has had such a good run because he's like no that's stupid i saw them do this one time yeah <laughs> i've seen i've seen firsthand what this will result in let's mm-hmm. just not do that mm-hmm. so but yeah that that one that one's weird because they get the characterizations pretty right for the most part and i think chris evans is good as johnny storm yeah I think Michael Chiklis is good as the thing. Probably the best thing we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, although the suit is uh, that's what that's what was what I was going to complain oh. about. The 
it all looks like it's glued on. I don't like it, and I know it really is glued on, yeah. but they were they came out with that movie right in between where like you'd be pushing your limits if you tried to do a full CGI thing. Yeah. But trying to do prosthetics also seems ridiculous. Yeah. So you have to pick one. Yeah. And they picked it's prosthetic. Yeah, I think that was probably the best version of that they could do at the time mm-hmm. because I, I think you're right. If they had tried CGI, it, I think it would have dated those it, films. It would have looked more. like that. Uh, what, what's that movie? Who, who plays Han Solo? I can't even think of Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. The, the Harrison Ford movie with the dog that came out recently. Oh, the, uh, the terrible CGI dog. Uh, I don't know what it's called. We don't I even need remember. to promote this movie. I don't want to <laughs> promote. It looks so bad. Oh man, but I. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> that, that suit is. But the casting is great. Though. Yeah, the casting because awesome. when he's human Ben Grimm, you're like, hell yes. Yeah, that's that's fucking Ben Grimm right there. Yeah, he could still play it today. It would mm-hmm. work. And then you have the guy in the 2015 one that was Tintin, and you you go, well, hold, hold on, wait, what happened? Here? So you've you you've gone so far off course here in casting this guy. He looks like he's made of like chocolate milk powder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and then uh, Jessica Alba as mm-hmm. Sue Storm. Yeah. For some reason, I guess she was a. It worked. She was a big name back then. Yeah. You know? She was, but they just don't give her anything to do. Like, she, she, well, there, there's the one where, like, I remember the scene where she's, like, in the street trying to basically be ground control. Yeah. So the thing with that is that a lot of those scenes that were written where she has to take her clothes off to be fully invisible. That's not a thing in the comics. She can just be invisible. Yeah. But then Jessica Alba came on board and they went, we should have, we should get naked. Hey, Jessica Alba. The, the director started babbling to himself. Oh, but, he, has, right. <laughs> he has her name written on his hand, but he's so sweaty and smudged. He called Jessica Al- Al- Albert. Jessica Albert, you're going to get naked. It's written like 30 times on one hand. Yeah. But I, it's just so, it's so 2005 looking yeah. back with Johnny Storm doing the dirt bike races and, <laughs> the fuck like just all the product placement in that movie is ridiculous yeah because they and, I, and the second one i think they have it almost looks like nascar racer uniforms where yeah. they just have logos upon logos mm. but uh, that movie just sits in such a weird bubble in time period for comic book movies because it came out in 2005 right yeah you know what movie also came out in 2005 batman begins yeah just look at those two movies and go oh well, well that's why i say that movie I think that's what they use as a template for the current Marvel movies because you look at movies like Thor Ragnarok and like the whole animated like goofy fun type thing. Yeah, but Thor the Ragnarok tone... is well done though. Yeah, well that's what I'm saying. Like they took the tone and just kind of translated it. And they're like, we'll just kind of fix this and polish it up when we finally make that movie. Yeah, I don't know. I... The Fantastic Four franchise, I think, just puts me in a bad mood. It's cursed. It is kind of cursed. <laughs> Thank God Marvel Studios has given so many second chances to Human Torch actors. Because yeah. <laughs> the, the way, you look at it now, if they fuck up this new reboot of the Fantastic Four, it's a game they, over. Can't, they can't give him another chance. Yeah. He's already been in the universe. He's yeah. out. It'll be like the Superman curse. He won't do anything else ever. He'll just stay in limbo. Yep. Uh uh-huh. And my favorite thing about the 2005 version is at the end, of, I think it's the first one, or maybe it's the second one, I don't know. But they make a joke about how he's just got a rock for a penis. <laughs> you just kind of clap him off stage. <laughs> and it's like when he's getting married and they talk about it, and then 
Johnny Storm does a four in the sky and then the movie ends. That's how that movie ended. <laughs> Why did you have to remind me? Why did you bring that up? Hey, Rock Dick, I'm gonna go make a four in the sky. <laughs> I don't even. I can't. I've run out of words to say. Uh, just... You have your face in your hands. <laughs> oh man, I love this. I love talking about how bad so these much. movies are. <laughs> I hate everything about this. Uh. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I did want to I want to say one more thing about uh, the 2015 version. Okay. So, Miles Teller was in Whiplash, right? Yes. And it's my understanding he worked really well with J.K. Simmons. Uh, yeah. It's Josh Trank's fault. <laughs> that's all I have to say. If you can work well with J.K. Simmons, not that he's been difficult to work with. I don't know. J.K. Simmons seems like when he's not lifting all the weights, <laughs> he seems like a cool guy to hang out with. He's doing all those farmers commercials. I'm just saying, you work with J.K. Simmons in like a really pressured environment like that. And he's a well-seasoned actor, in my opinion. J.K. Simmons? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, there's this immediate pressure of, okay, I have to, me, a not too well-known actor, has to level out with this guy. Yeah. And when you're able to do that, it's clearly not your fault. You're not under that much pressure. It's the director who's making it yeah. hard on you. So I feel like Miles Teller wasn't in the wrong if I had to objectively oh, think about it. Oh, I don't it. blame any of the cast of the 2015 version. No, If no, anything, no. I think it was a good cast, just poorly. I think Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm is a great choice. Yeah. I think Miles Teller as... Reed Richards, the character of Reed Richards is often kind of an arrogant prick. Yeah. Like, think Tony Stark, but with none of the charm. Yeah. That's Reed Richards most of the time. It's like, I'm smarter than you in the story. I don't like Miles Teller in real life. So mm-hmm. whatever I got, I, I read that news that he was cast. And I went, okay, cool. That works. You don't like Miles Teller? No. Why? I don't know. I just I don't like his face. To me, he's such a good actor. He's I, a good, no, he's good. He's great in Whiplash. He's a good actor. Don't like him. Don't like him. <laughs> what's that? Uh, what's that? Oh, 21 and Over is what I'm thinking of. Oh. Do you remember that yeah, movie? Yeah, I remember that movie. Who was the other guy in the movie? Not the friend that turns 21. Uh... Is it Michael? It's not Michael Jordan. No, no, no. It's, 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 uh, he was in, ah, I know he, he's got the face that reminds me of like Jimmy Fallon, but it, I can't put it's, a name Let's to just it. say it was Jimmy Fallon. We'll just say it's some guy that looks like Jimmy Fallon. Okay. It's just Jimmy Fallon. Uh, but no, I, I don't know. Just so many things about the Fantastic Four grid. We could have done the whole episode about the, cause there's the one from the nineties that they yeah. made and never released and they, okay, here's. Oh, here's the two biggest pieces of information you need to know about all the Fantastic Four movies. The first is every Fantastic Four movie has been produced because they need to keep the rights to the the, the yep. characters. Mm-hmm. Fox has a deal with Marvel that if they don't use the characters for film adaptation within a certain number of years, the rights revert back. So every few years they go, okay, our marketing data says we can make this much money on a Fantastic Four film. So we're going to pay this kind of not small amount of money, but, you know, enough to make a decent ish film Mm -hmm. to keep the rights for a few more years. And the next go around will really go for it and it'll will knock it out of the park and it'll actually be worth it. Yeah. And they never do it. There's famously one from George George Corman, John Corman, John Corman's uh, Fantastic Four from the 1990s was shitty B movie budget. (laughs) They made, it, they made it and never released it just to keep the rights to the characters. Um, wow. And then 
same thing with the the 2005 one but then that one did kind of okay so they went we'll make a sequel and i don't think the sequel did as well as the first so they went okay we'll shelve it for a few more years 2015 rolls around marvel is now kind of looking to expand uh, Mm -hmm. their roster of characters yeah i don't know if negotiations with fox had started at that point but there was the whole thing that the that 2015 version and the X-Men movies were going to be connected. And then that movie came out and the day later they went, no, no, they're separate universes. Psych. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to tarnish what good rep the X-Men movies still have left yeah. with this piece of shit. I think, I think that was kind of like the deciding factor. If this movie does what we'll include it. Yeah. <laughs> and it did shit. <laughs> I think that's how Marvel felt about Venom as well. Yeah. And then it did well but it was not good. So right. they went, I don't know what to do. <laughs> but then the, the other uh, smaller piece of information you need to know about every Fantastic Four movie is that The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie. Yep, agree. Okay. Yep, I'm with you on that. I'm glad we settled that because... That, that's not up for debate. No, it really it really isn't. The, the Incredibles 2 movie is the best Fantastic Four movie to date. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Do you think 2 is better than 1? Uh, I wouldn't say better. I'd say they're probably about the same. Yeah. Because now that we're getting into this talk, <laughs> the the second one was, to me, Pixar at its highest degree. Yeah. You have a very fun-loving environment in terms of what your characters are, and we're just going to keep that pace the whole movie. Yeah. And so many years in between one and two. That yeah. The first one's not dated. It's still a good no. movie. The, but... the animation is kind of dated on yeah, it. Yeah, you can re- the leap in technology is crazy. Yeah, but well, uh... one thing that blew me away was uh, when Elastigirl gets her suit. No, no, no. At the very beginning, when they're fighting, what's his name? The mole guy. Oh, the underminer. underminer. Yeah, and which again, there is a famous fantastic. I say famous. Nothing about the Fantastic Four is famous, other than how bad the movies are. <laughs> There's a Fantastic Four villain called the Mole Man. So, so they just, <laughs> yeah. it's the source, source yep. material. Yep, there you go. But at the very beginning of that movie, they're inside like his drill type thing. And Mr. Incredible's trying to lift something. And you can see like the lines and fabric on a suit. And the first time I watched that movie in the theater, I was just looking at a shirt. I wasn't even paying yeah. attention to the scene. It's like, wow. I get distracted by stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in, I think, Big Hero 6. Yes. I don't know, who, I don't know if that was, was it Pixar? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it? a, it's a Pixar movie. Okay, but just looking at, like the texturing and the lighting and yeah. like the particle effects. I'm like, oh my god, how do they do? How do they? How long did it take to render that shot? Yeah, because oh my gosh, but, onward, their newest one does yeah. that too. I think we've yeah. talked. We talked. We talked yeah. about that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just instead of watching Fantastic Four movies, just watch The Incredibles. We're actually a uh, a Pixar podcast now. No, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> I haven't seen probably half of those movies. I haven't seen Coco, even though I heard it's Coco, amazing. Coco was really good. Yeah. Um, if we're going to be a, a Pixar podcast, can we just talk about the movie Rio? I didn't even see Rio. Mm, you know the, fan. You know why they made that movie, right? Why? Those birds were going extinct. Oh. Newsflash. Those birds went extinct. Mm. So did everyone's career that was involved in that movie. Oh. I'm just kidding. I don't know that. I, don't, I, I only know that was Jesse Eisenberg. I forgot that was a bad movie i don't remember it. it it was not the best it was sad but. well most pixar movies make me cry so yeah but but we can go at, we've been dwelling so i'm gonna move on to our next topic which would be hard pass uh okay. we can probably trailblaze through this one make it kind of quick uh we, we saw two things over the past week and i 
out loud actually laughed when you said this to oh, me. We uh, were talking about, inst- so a lot of Instagram accounts, my, my explore tab on Instagram is almost exclusively superhero stuff and like gym stuff. Yeah. And it's a lot of posts from accounts that do quote unquote fan castings. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's like a theme to them. Like they're like, well, this is maybe like an older version of this character. This is a comedic version of this kid, like Bill Hader as the Adam West style Batman. That would be great. Yeah. But then sometimes they're like, this is the, in my mind, the perfect person to play this character. Yeah. And then you look at who they picked and you're, and you're like, this this shouldn't bother me at all. Cause it's an Instagram post and it's, it's not relevant. It's not, it's not anything. Yeah. But then you look at the person they pick and you just in your head go, Oh my God, what's wrong with you? Are you literally blind? (laughs) But we saw one that had a, so just a hard pass on those in general. Yeah. Fan cast on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Craig as Superman. And Mark Strong, yo, as Batman. Look, <laughs> I like Daniel Craig and I like Mark Strong, but no, <laughs> Mark Strong as Alfred would have been a better choice. Mark Strong as uh, Mister Freeze, or I'm trying to think of another bald villain. I'm trying to think of another bald villain he hasn't already played. Mark in the Strong, DC movie. if we're not careful, Mark Strong is going to start putting on a toupee. <sighs> Don't do it, Mark Strong. Then you'll just be Andy Garcia. It's not <laughs> worth it. God damn it. But no, just those. When I see those, it it, it doesn't make my blood boil. But I'm like, what's wrong with it? It just makes me kind of. I go. And yeah. Keep scrolling. Yeah. It makes it makes me rethink the sentiment that studio execs are the only ones that don't know anything about these characters, and that the fans know. No, we're idiots. Yeah. Don't know. Um, I wanted a hard pass on some of these game delays that we're getting because. It's becoming more and more apparent to me that there's going to be... So, E3 was canceled, which everyone knows about that. Comic-Con was canceled, which everyone knows about that, too. Now these games are being pushed so far back, it's making me nervous. Yeah. What game in particular were you like, oh... Uh, As of right now, everyone is going to just laugh at me. Watch Dogs Legions. Legion. I forgot that was a thing until this very moment it should have come out march 6th did was it really supposed to come out then and now they're thinking about releasing it alongside cyberpunk and when you take that, two very cyberpunk that games that is not gonna go they're well not gonna them. make any money that is um that is a mistake it's rumored that it's september uh but a lot of people are like just push it to like january of 2021 or something like if you yeah. need to polish it up polish it up because they're using new technology where like it develops a story for you it's all computer yeah. Generated. that looks interesting to me it looks really cool it plays anyone yeah uh that mechanic looks the, cool. the mechanic looks great but i was actually really excited for this game because a lot of what was good about the first and second game they kind of mesh together in this one mm. but now i'm kind of like uh yeah i mean i'll get to it when i get to yeah. it that sucks um but yeah also, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this in with one more game. Okay, do you want to put in the drop? The Not the drop, the... Uh... Oh, yeah. For our next segment. No, let me play one more game! It's in. I put it okay, in. Okay, it's there. <laughs> um, Far Cry 6. Ooh. So there's no specific news about it. Okay. But they talked about five AAA games that Ubisoft is coming out with in the next year. Okay. And there's one slot that hasn't been filled, and people are like, well, duh, it's Far Cry 6 uh people they had like a poll online while back like a long time ago when 
Far Cry 5 was made. They were like, what kind of DLC would you want to see? And, and you did the poll, and whatever was the biggest thing on the poll, they made that DLC. So, you know, there was one in space, one in Vietnam, all this different stuff. Yeah. All of those were used because of those polls. Okay. And so people are thinking this is going to be set in, like, sub-Saharan Africa, like, all two is in africa oh well then i could be remember but there's like a bunch of different locations uh there's rumors right now that it's being worked on the guy who plays Voss from three he's like i could be working on something i could not be working on something i don't know i love it when people say that and he's like i'm not sure and if they want to bring me back i would love if he's not too busy kind of being the scorpion i would love (laughs) have you seen those the uh those marketing uh videos for far cry 3 that are live action with him yes he oh. looks so, oh yeah it's yeah, just spot him. on it's, it's him. him yeah uh i love that guy mark or not mark what's his name i don't know his name but there, there's a, I, I read something online about it today and i figured i'd throw it in with all this yeah but no i would love to go back to uh rook island i think mm-hmm. it was called but oh man i kind of i would be okay with it being a prequel and maybe on a different island i would just like another tropical setting yeah i've three far cry 3 is my favorite far cry because of the setting mm-hmm. uh i think all they're like th- i've only played three four and five yeah i'm with you on that i don't think i've played i played blood dragon didn't play primal didn't play new dawn mm-hmm. uh but my favorite is three because it's just a fun setting yeah i think all the other games in terms of quality are on par the only thing three has over those other ones is not only the setting but the villain of Voss. yeah so the i feel like far cry 3 the storyline was a lot more in depth and more emotional it it, like it felt more personal yeah i play far cry 5 and i'm like this kind of feels a little more rpg like you meet someone for the sake of having to beat them to get a certain mechanic in the game there's no story there you could tell the characters reading blanker and blanker as yeah. the games went by the time you get to five you're literally a voiceless protagonist called yeah. the, is it the deputy you're called that some deputy or something yeah or, I, I don't i don't like that i yeah. like and i love how pretty far cry 5 is i can sit oh, and do yeah. photo mode all day it's just far cry 3 i hold that game pretty close to my heart in terms of video I love games that game when i first started playing xbox with you guys and i was looking for games to buy far y'all cry 3, t- far cry 3 was the game that y'all had me get must play yeah uh i would love to see it remastered too mm-hmm. um but yeah I'd, I'd be down for another far cry i like five it was yeah. it was good um i didn't play new dawn because they they go in that weird cycle of they'll have a main numbered release like far cry far cry 2 far cry 3 yeah far cry blood dragon which is primal primal but blood dragon primal and is it new dawn uh yeah new dawn they're all essentially asset flips Mm -hmm. where they i think on primal they literally took the map and like just changed the orientation but then i don't i think they only charge like 30 or 40 dollars that's what they did with new dawn i didn't buy new dawn i didn't um it looked like a lot of fun yeah but all it really is is the same map yeah they just kind of spray paint on it it's kind of just it's almost like a bigger dlc that they don't charge of the same as a full price game yeah which i'm okay with i just Mm. none of them looked interesting yeah and the new dawn also came out around the same time as rage 2 which is also that (laughs) post-apocalyptic spray painted kind of vibrant colored yeah thing so i just didn't i didn't play either i played rage 2 was not fun Mm. but um yeah are, are we still we're still in one more game There's uh more yeah things. we have we have a couple more things i'm gonna let you take these i just i kind of wanted to jump on that okay. uh, that opportunity for far cry um so i think as of 
what's today? Uh, as of April 22nd or 21st, might have happened yesterday, uh, a lot of people who are logging in to play Team Fortress 2, and I can't remember the other game, I think CSGO, which are both Valve games, they're being hacked and their yeah. accounts are being stolen. That's not good. They should get on that. So I wonder, well, I know how it happens. I know how hacking happens. Yeah. I'm just saying like, Someone gets out a laptop and puts sunglasses on. And they just <laughs> Time tap on to hack. The keys. Yeah. <laughs> Time to hack. I just I feel like with a company like Valve, yeah, they're so under the radar sometimes for me. You know what I mean? Like they come out with a game and they just go silent. Yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't put out games for years. They yeah. just let all that Steam money roll in. Yeah. And then a lot. Of, they've gotten kind of. They've not gotten complacent, but they haven't in some aspects. But yeah. So. Uh, if you play those games or if you use Steam, hopefully by the time this gets uploaded, the issue's been investigated resolved. and resolved. But yeah. if not, be careful because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get that two-factor authentication and stuff. <laughs> uh, that's that's for all of you, our six listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Stay safe out there, you guys. Uh, it's a tight-knit community, Travis. <laughs> how dare you try and disparage that? We, we still need to figure out how we can, like, partner with people. Or we just spit in our hands and shake hands. Is that not how you... That's how you spread coronavirus. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> next, uh, uh, not segment, but topic in one more game. I might put it in again just for fun. Is uh, the video game industry sees its best sales since, I think, March 2008. I wonder why. Yeah. I think I read another article. I'm sorry to have my sources, but... <laughs> Not that this is even important, but I think so far the industry's made ten billion in revenue. Something about just staying at year. home. Yeah, I don't know why. It's almost like no one's been going out. And we have no like idea why. To do, but yeah, I, I think that's great. I like that. Maybe the stigma of video games is kind of because a few. I think a couple of years ago there was that the World Health Organization put out that thing that video game is a video game addiction is a disease yeah. and all that stuff and yeah anything can be addictive like yeah all things in moderation obviously i say that and then i play call of duty zombies for three and a half hours by yourself by myself it gets around 46 <laughs> uh 48 oh my Excuse fault me. sorry uh, my but, fault uh, yeah no that's that's nice to hear it's nice that one industry hasn't totally been destroyed by uh all of this yeah and, and sales will not go back down but kind of balance or equalize out mm-hmm. because as you said a lot of stuff is getting delayed and some yeah. stuff isn't able to be worked on at the moment uh, yeah so you saw were... you saw a very inversive relationship with movies and games yeah where movies all went down games all went up yeah and then you, it also adapts the way those industries work mm-hmm. because for games it might change the kind of turnaround and crunch time for games yeah when they see what a delay like this will do mm-hmm. but then you look at movies and how they release and all the stuff that's going... Oh, we forgot to mention the most important piece of news, Travis. What's that? Scoob is going oh, straight to video on demand. But no, you, you'll see stuff like that happen. And the industry might change mm-hmm. altogether. I, I would like to see something change where they don't pressure all of these animators and game, uh, game developers to finish within like a year or something yeah. like that. Because you end up just making a bad product that way. Yeah. Uh, I think it was it was one of the uh, director like creative directors on Rockstar's Red Dead Redemption Two. I don't know why I said Rockstar's, but on Red Dead Redemption Two, he said he was working a hundred plus hours trying to get the video game to meet its deadline. Yeah, 
and that's and, a game that was in development for years yeah. and years so crunch happens to almost all titles mm-hmm. unfortunately it's not a good part of the industry it's not a good practice to have yeah and that that leak or guy you just mentioned once that came out that was a big kind of wake-up call mm-hmm. for a lot of people because a lot of people don't know that that happens yeah i mean why why would they well when i again when i first got into video games and stuff one of the things i wanted to do actually was be uh, an animator for video games uh it was a big deal to me and I, I even took animation classes in school and then i started reading up on the industry i was like this all sucks yeah. because they're hired as ind- independent contractors yep. too so like your benefits suck yeah you can make a decent paycheck, but at the cost of all of your physical and mental health. Yeah. So you, you get to gamble to the bone with very little appreciation mm-hmm. for the artistry that you provide. Right. And it is artistry. It's it's an art form. And, and it's it's people like us that like we can look at a game and be like, that game's shit. It's yeah. like, well, I worked like you know, well, that's the other 400 thing too, plus hours I, on, on one asset. I, I try and reserve myself to shitting on stuff because I know hundreds if not thousands have worked on something for years and years and mm-hmm. then it comes out and two idiots in baseball caps with a microphone go <laughs> piece of fucking shit yeah but yeah but no it's it's uh it's it's interesting isn't it, it it's things interesting. are interesting yeah I, I and i can't wait to see how this impacts the video game industry i want it to have a positive impact oh it's good it's, the video game industry this sounds so pretentious this conversation yeah kind of we don't work in the video game industry. we know i know nothing about anything yeah <laughs> but it's, no but it's things are it's gonna change a lot i think in the, the years to come mm-hmm. whether through crunch cycles not being a thing mm-hmm. uh you know big companies like microsoft and sony buying up kind of smaller development development studios uh laws being implemented about microtransactions and gambling and it's it's i don't know yeah yeah but uh there's another uh, piece of news that's not as pretentious and is kind of fun. Sounds like a good idea. I'm very excited There's, for this. Uh, I think a, a new trademark was filed for a Jurassic Park game. It does not appear to be a mobile game or anything. It's a Lego I, game. It's a Lego game. No, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I'm just... I'm, I, was about to say, I think there is a... There's a Jurassic World Lego there, game. My assumption is is that it is a Lego game. If to be honest, because they're coming out, they're in early development for a new Jurassic Park movie coming up yeah. soon. Yeah, I assumed it was either like a mobile game or something, but I mm-hmm. don't think it's a mobile game. But it might be a Lego game. It makes the most sense because with their timeline for release yeah. of that game and how Lego games, I'm sure, develop. I mean, you use the same assets over and over again, yeah. and just recycle them. What the turnaround is on those. I bet it's not. I, I mean, I say that, but then again, I don't work I don't know anything in animation. About making a video I'm sure game. it's hard. I'm yeah. sure it's difficult. But I wonder how much time they cut out by... I assume they use the same engine for all of those games. Uh, yeah, they have to, right? I wouldn't know. I haven't played a Lego game in so long. But, it's been pretty good. But I liked, the ones I've played, I liked. I yeah. played, I think, Lego Batman 1 and maybe 2. And then... By the time 3 hit, I was like, eh. Yeah, and then I played most of the lego star wars then i put lego indiana jones which i really liked Mm -hmm. but then uh i don't know but i yeah that sounds like a fun thing i won't buy (laughs) (laughs) i would love to see the commercial for it yeah i can't wait to look at it go that's cute next (laughs) just change the channel yeah like we just talked about someone (laughs) people worked on it for years and spent hundreds of hours and we go oh cool forgot about if it's not a lego game i would like something along the lines of uh alien isolation 
something like yeah alien yeah. isolation i think that'd be cool imagine so alien isolation is kind of an outlast style survival horror mm-hmm. but there's more kind of crafting and yeah sneaking around and there's you have weapons but they're not really for the alien mm-hmm. imagine a kind of open world uh far rook island far cry 3-esque setting but it's a hor- it's a survival horror okay but instead of the alien hunting you the whole time, it's like a T-Rex or something. You're making me raptors. think of, it's kind of a mix between uh, Fallen Order and Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. That would be really cool. Yeah. But I don't, if it is well, a Lego game. Because like you could have the open world aspect where like you see dinosaurs and stuff while you're walking around the map. Yeah. And then you go into like the, it's almost like Tomb Raider where you go into these tombs and like. You go into abandoned Jurassic Park facilities. Yeah. And, to and retrieve stuff it's dark dark and like you have a flashlight and you're trying to navigate kind of like um resident evil oh that would be see th- i think this there's some there's a there's an untapped market there yeah. you know what i mean if, also if you've not played alien isolation and you want a good survival scary. horror game uh that's a pretty good one it's pretty fucking yeah. scary <laughs> it's so stressful like because you're sitting there trying to hack doors if you fuck it up, it makes so much noise. <laughs> and then the, al- the alien chases you throughout the whole game. You can't kill it. It's just a persistent, like... I-, I imagine you kill it at the end of the game. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Also, I've not beaten it, because okay. I'm a little scary cat. <laughs> but uh, I think I've watched, like, a playthrough. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, it's... Because there's other enemies on board the ship you're on. Mm-hmm. But I think that would be cool for a cool dynamic for a Jurassic Park game. Yeah. You have like a big kind of, I say familiar villain from the Jurassic Park movies. You it's mean just a the dinosaur. But I don't know if they could use the T-Rex because the T-Rex is sometimes like a good guy. Yeah. Like it use, I, I would say, um, let's use Raptors, man. Use you the know? Indominus Rex from the, oh, the new one. Yeah. It's got like cloaking and all that shit. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that would be cool. But if but then it's probably a Lego game, so we'll yeah. <laughs> they have like this really ambitious idea, and they're like, "Nah, no, nah, it's made out of Legos." <laughs> you know those bricks? It's rated E for everyone, dipshit. <laughs> oh man, is well, that the end of the show, Travis? Uh, well, that's our show. That is um, the end of the show. Uh, thank you, the three of you that listen. Yeah. Uh, if you have a topic or a question you want us to discuss, you can tweet at us at Rooftop Mumble on mm-hmm. Twitter. We're also at Rooftop Mumble on Instagram. If you want to send in an email, we're rooftopmobile at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to leave a nice review, on, you can do it in the app. You can hit the little stars and write a message. You can just hit the stars. You can just tell a friend. Yeah. Just tell, tell a friend and be like, hey, you like mediocre stuff? It's Boy, a pretty I got a mediocre podcast. show for you. <laughs> but uh, goodbye forever. Goodbye forever, I think, is a good way to end this. Yeah. And then there's just a gunshot. <laughs> Okay, goodbye forever. <laughs> For real this time. <laughs> that, you oh. didn't do it right, Travis. I have to leave all this in now. You tried to turn off the recording and hit the right button. Idiot. <laughs>